Welcome to Trivially Crucial, where we believe every camera angle, comic pain, word choice, and boss battle is important and critical to our lives, no matter how unimportant a story may seem. I'm Michael. And I'm Mandy. And today we're going to talk about the show and why we're doing it. So um, I guess first off, we'll start off by introducing ourselves. Um, I'll let Mandy go ahead and start. So go ahead, Mandy. Uh, so my name is Mandy. Um, I'm a lover of all things story related, I guess. Um, newly come to comic books, I should say though. Uh, and unfortunately not very good at video games. So I rely on Michael to be the expert in those areas. But when it comes to books and movies, I am pretty, uh, pretty knowledgeable. (laughs) That's a little bit of an understatement, but yes. (laughs) Uh, in real life, I'm an engineer. I work on satellites. You are uh, a, a real, honest-to-God rocket scientist. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, it's fun. Though I don't work on rockets. I, I work on satellites. But so. you're still a rocket scientist, because it's cool to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. What else should I say about me? Um, I guess it's good for now. We'll uh, Hopefully people will find us interesting enough to listen along and learn more about you as we go. Excellent. Um, I, on the other hand, am a, uh, I'm a computer guy, I guess. I don't really know what to say beyond that. Um, I am obsessed with every single medium that you can tell a story through. Uh, video games, books, movies, TV shows, comic books, all of, all of those. Um, definitely much more recently have I been getting into comic books. But I have tried to get myself educated on the uh, on the older stuff. Um, I definitely have gotten into a few shows and books because of Mandy, because of you. <laughs> and um, but I also have done my fair share to I think you know tell you about other things that you need to try out. Indeed, and, uh, all of my comic reading is thanks to you. Yay! <laughs> that is good to know. Um, so yeah, other than that, I guess it's really just the reason that I've wanted to do this for a while and have considered is that of you know all the people I know, I think you most uh, you most share my attitude towards stories and criticism of stories and just how important they are and uh, and like a lot of the time, I I'll think be, that means that I like to criticize stories. <laughs> well, but you like to, so here. This is actually a good way to get started on this. Um, there's there's a thing like I have lots of friends who like to criticize stories, but a lot of the time people will see something that they don't like and they'll just dismiss it as a whole, rather than deciding on figuring out exactly why they don't like it and then what merits it has outside their preferences. Kind of separating what a piece of media has accomplished from what they like. And you and I tend to have conversations quite a bit about things where I might like something or not like something, but can see qualities in it that. I just happen to recognize aren't things I tend to tend to like, but but I can I can understand the merits behind them, and uh, you frequently express the similar similar sort of thing. Yeah, so. makes sense to me. <laughs> so yeah, um, so the name of our podcast and corresponding website is trivially crucial, and uh, you and I were discussing for a while about like trying to come up with names, and uh, so our. When it comes down to it, our the the name we came up with is presented pretty well, and our attitudes or it presents well our attitudes towards stories. So, uh, would you like to give a shot at explaining some, and I'll just chime in? Sure. Um, 
So in my spare time, when I'm not a rocket scientist, uh, I write stories. And uh, that's stories have always been a part of my life. You know, growing up, I, I, I have a younger sister. Um, I also have older siblings. But my younger sister is one I played with most often. And whenever we played anything, uh, whatever we played revolved around a story, whether it was Barbies or, believe it or not, uh, even when we played with uh, micro machines, uh, our <laughs> micro machines had entire epic stories planned out for them. Uh, and my little sister would come to me and she'd be like, Mandy, uh, make up a story that has to do where my Barbie is the main character. And I'd be like, okay, and I would. <laughs> and uh, that, that's how we played. And I loved reading and watching TV and just ev- <laughs> stories. They completely affected how I viewed the world. I viewed the world through these stories. Um, I like to compare it, uh, which is a useless comparison if you've never seen Star Trek The Next Generation. Which um, is but me. There's, I'm sorry. <laughs> I know. So I'll explain. There's this fantastic episode of Star Trek The Next Generation uh, that I think is called Darmok. Um, and it's where Captain Picard is trying to make contact with this species. And uh, it's, it's a species that the Federation has tried to make contact with numerous times before. Um, but even though the Universal Translator can translate their words into English, um, or whatever it is you happen to be speaking. Universal people language. Right, right. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. Um, because it turns out, as Captain Picard learned through the episode, uh, that these people speak in metaphors and through stories. Um, so it'd almost be like if people spoke entirely in idioms and, uh, and by referencing stories. Now, granted, that language makes no sense as an actual logical language. No, not at all. But that's, that's not important. What's important is that's entirely how I operate. Um, <laughs> and, you know, there yeah. are several times in my life where I've been told things, told things were right or wrong, but until I saw it in a story and could sympathize and empathize with that character, it wasn't real to me um so stories are how i process the world and uh that's part of the reason why i love not only nitpicking stories but uh you guys will come to realize over time if you listen to this podcast i like to see more in the stories that are then are actually there (laughs) (laughs) so i read depths into the story that aren't actually there because that's what i'm feeling from that depth and that's what i'm i'm extrapolating things um so stories have always been critical always critical to my life i mean most of my friends i've gotten through sheer love of books and movies and tv shows you know because that was a common thing that bonded us together regardless of our different cultural backgrounds it didn't matter that you know my best friend in high school was, you know, an atheist or my other one was Hindu. It didn't matter because we loved these, these stories. So it gave us something to talk about, even if we came from completely different cultures. So cross-culture, that, that's what stories are. Yeah, I'm completely behind all of that. Um, I've actually have heard of that episode of, uh, of Star Trek before, and I just hadn't, didn't remember it until you mentioned it. But um, I, I mean, that's actually, a, there's a thing that I, I said at some point to someone, and I, I remember, you know, sometimes you hear older people, or not just older people, sometimes it'll be people our age, but you hear it much more in older generations where it'll be like, they they will see reading, you know, fiction or watching movies or such as sort of a, a waste of time. Like, you know, if it's not, if you're not doing something... I can't deal with those people. <laughs> in their minds, they're saying, well, if you're not actively doing something, in you know, productive and 
the so-called real world, then you're wasting your time. And for me, it's almost like, you know, if you can't appreciate good fiction, I almost feel like you shouldn't have the... Like, you just... You can't have good, broad enough a worldview to be in a position of authority over other people because you're... By, like, in that way, your, your uh, worldview is going to be inherently restricted by your direct experiences. Like, fiction is a, is a huge way... Not just fiction, but nonfiction as well, but, like, hearing other stories, other people's stories, whether true or not, is a great way of kind of ex- expanding your mind out to understand how things could be different and sometimes are different. It's, um, it's critical thinking. You're right. So is. when someone says they don't get stories, I'm like, you lack critical thinking. <laughs> That's, that's exactly it, um, and it's and that's the biggest thing for me is that is why I think really appreciating stories and experiencing stories is really really important to just interacting with the world is because it really like when you the more stories you t- you take in and just absorb the more you are likely to be able to kind of to adapt to new situations or see new possibilities and possibly see a future that's different and better than the ones that seem, uh, seem to be the only options lay out to other people. And um, exactly. I, so I was talking to a person one time who was our age, not shockingly older or anything who had, he said to me, I don't get books. <laughs> and, uh, I, I can't I did, even process that statement. Yes. <laughs> It took me a moment. I was like, I can't even process that statement. And, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if our listeners know this, but Michael and I are, are both Christians and, uh, so is this guy and his reasoning was, and this is a philosophy you'll hear from a lot of, um, well, not a lot, but I'll say some Christians do hold this philosophy that if it's not directly related, uh, to the Bible, then it's not, um, valuable. Um, and I, I see a certain level of, uh, I understand that viewpoint is what I'm trying to say. Uh, <laughs> but at the, I, I, so I got where he was coming from, but I, I, I was like, look here, you cannot say that, uh, you, you know, it's fine if you don't view, if you do not connect to stories, but I have learned so much in life from stories. Uh, you know, I, you can only experience so much in life, right? And you can only learn from what you experience. But through stories, I'm able to experience so much more. I am able to learn from the mistakes of Rand Althor and uh, Luke Skywalker. And I don't have to go through those experiences because I know from seeing it, from them going through it, that going to the dark side is a bad thing. <laughs> you know, and so I can incorporate that into my life, and thus Yoda becomes my teacher. You know, um, and I and I learn so much more from life that way. Well, and and that's a big thing too. Is like if you go and you think, like, let's say someone instead of taking the person you mentioned as an example, let's take a hypothetical, you know, an atheist who their stance is, you know, if I can't see it and touch it, then I don't really see the value in it. And therefore they don't want to, you know, take part in other stories and stuff, you know? And it, it, it's a sim- essentially the same thing to the Christian saying, if it's not directly to the Bible, because to the Christian, the Bible helps define the world as it is. And to an atheist, it's, you know, the, the firm evidence they see in front of them, you know? Um, but it's for both of those 
hypothetical people that it's kind of incredibly limiting because, you know, if you go and you watch Star Wars and you see, you know, in the, uh, in the beginning of Return of the Jedi, like you can almost, you can, you can interpret that, you know, Luke has come close to the dark side and avoided it so far, you know, in a way that was not done before. And it's as that, like, even that, even something that's not explicitly stated, but it's something you can kind of pick up on when you, when you watch it, you can, from that, you can almost sort of get an idea of, you know, falling to the so-called dark side, even if there isn't a dark side of the force in, in the real world, it's sort of that thing where without being aware of it, you can kind of, you know, with good intent, you can, you can fall and, and you can so-called fall and fall and end up doing things that you, that you would disapprove of earlier or that you don't want to. Like, you can cross that line unconsciously and get to the point where it's really difficult to come back. And You're going to make me want to talk about Thor. Let's not go down. <laughs> we will talk about Thor one day. One day. Um, I, we will probably talk about Thor plenty of days, really. But, but it's exactly that kind of thing. Like, something doesn't have to be real and tactile to... Uh, or correspond directly to something in the real world to give you just an idea to to help you sort of envision how it relates to something in real life and just make you aware of something you wouldn't have before. Um, Indeed. Especially if you're younger, but it doesn't really... If you're younger, then it the larger, broader ideas that seem obvious to us as adults can really, like, you know, you can start to come up with the, these sort of philosophical ideas on your own, and they're the sorts of things where most people, if they didn't have stories to kind of get these concepts from, it would take a lot longer, and maybe they might not ever be able to understand. You know, it's it's that sort of ability to, and I'm, I know this is going to make you want to talk about Thor again, but it's the, <laughs> uh, but it's it's that idea of being able to, being able to understand motivations without necessarily thinking that something is okay is a thing that stories can really help drive home. Um, yes. So. Yes, it's being able to see from all perspectives. Yeah. Um, and, and I apologize to our listeners. I did not blink, mean to, to bring in uh, religion even indirectly into this. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, I, I completely concur. And I've always found it funny uh, that when we're children, we're highly encouraged to read and uh, use our imagination and uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then when we become adults, people can't believe you read, you know, and they're like, oh, wow, why would you waste your time doing that? Or I only read nonfiction. <laughs> and you're like, oh, gag me with a spoon. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but it, it's like, why, why this shift? Why is it when I'm 12, it's okay to read, but when I'm 22, I'm, it's not, which I'm not 22. I'm just using that as an example. Um, that's actually, it's a really funny thing that, um, so I'm a technical person and I read a lot of nonfiction and fiction. And a lot of the time I'll talk to people who read more nonfiction tech stuff than I do, like books on how something was developed and so on. And, and then they'll go and they'll be like, "Well, I can't really justify reading such and such non or such like, you know fiction stories when I've got all these other nonfiction books to read." And I was like, "You do realize that a lot of these things would not have happened if not for the people involved in those nonfiction stories having read a lot of fiction or interacted with a lot of fiction. Like, 
fiction inspires so much of where our world goes because it does enable people to think outside the box. You know, it it enhances that ability. Um, because if you are a big thinker who thinks of like big things for the future, that's you're inherently thinking like to be able to think of a different world than the one you're in, which is the people who end up affecting the the world the most a lot of the time do. You know, those ideas it's really hard to think of a world different from the one that currently exists without having been thinking of many worlds that are different from the one that currently exists. I concur. So, yeah, that's... Uh, so, to bring it back around to the basic name of the uh, of our story, or of or our podcast, rather, um, our title is Trivially Crucial, and the idea is that stories may seem trivial, but they, in fact, are crucial. And it actually comes from an, uh, an Isaac Asimov quote, which was, uh, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today, but the core of science fiction, its essence, has become crucial to our salvation if we are to be saved at all. And that really gets to the heart of it. I mean, I wouldn't restrain it to just science fiction, but, uh... But yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I think replace science fiction with just story or fiction um and it and it's the same uh, without fiction fiction is art you know it's it's a very specific type of art um but it is it is art and we need it to see to understand and uh extrapolate on the world um and i do want to add though to uh to our listeners that uh, we will end up talking the majority of the time about fiction, but there are some amazing stories that are nonfiction, and part of a story is how you tell it. And and I uh, and a lot of the time, telling a nonfiction story in really effective ways can open the minds of people. I mean, most of us have seen that if you've watched a really good, you know, movie based on a true story. It's you you know, it's a nonfiction story, but it's told in a way to kind of get the viewers' minds to open up to understand a situation that they didn't go through and to potentially change the way they think about things. And, um, and that's, you know, that's just as true for nonfiction. And if you, you know, if you take into account the story is not just plot, it's not just character. It's not just, you know, what happened. It is how you tell it and how you evoke a response to the, to the entirety, the entire experience of what you're trying to get across. I think a great example of that is, um, I always want to call it Rocket Boys, but that's the name of the book. Um, uh, Vanilla Sky? O- October, October Sky. Sky. No, Vanilla not different... Vanilla Sky. <laughs> Sorry. October Sky, uh, that's the one. October Sky, which is based off of uh, a real-life uh, rocket scientist. And as I am a rocket scientist, you know, that's something that has inspired me in my life. I cannot watch that movie without crying um, <laughs> every time. It is a good, good movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. And it's that kind of thing where, you know, even think about uh, the movie The Social Network. Uh, it was a you know, r- recent example. I mean, as a tech person, I mean, yeah, I guess the, the idea behind Facebook was... The, Facebook's... Rent, uh, uh, what's the... Man, I'm having, drawing a blank coming Zuckerberg? up with the word. No, I know that. It's the word for when something is... Star- Genesis, there you go. For Facebook's Genesis. Genesis. There you go. Star Trek 2. <laughs> Not where I was going with that, but... Um, <laughs> But the story behind Facebook's Genesis was interesting and all, but, you know, I could describe it to people and they would just kind of fall flat and they didn't really care. 
But then the movie comes out, and it was told in a way that was really, really compelling and kind of got a lot of people who wouldn't really care about the events per se to to think about what it really meant for, you know, what it takes to become a, a multi, you know, a multimillionaire or multi-billionaire, you know, one of the richest people in the world, and how that can, how that, how that can take a role in your personal lives. And, you know, uh, many people have thought before about the whole, you know, personal gain versus, you know, versus your, your social interactions with others. And, people talk about ruthless CEOs and, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to be one of those people, but you would love to have the success they do. And, and, uh, the social network was a really good telling of that kind of story. Um, and it was real events, you know, not fiction. So, um, and I, and I think that's a key to any story, whether real or fiction is it has to get you to care. Yeah. Um, e- even if it's someone that in the real world you wouldn't care about, um, you know, stories about sociopaths or, uh, you know, murderers and but told from their perspective you under you learn to understand and somewhat care even when this person's doing horrible things um right because that that's the point of stories broaden your highs and put you in different experiences that you wouldn't be in and to show you that there there is more than you in the world right exactly so to try and understand as well to really to increase empathy right i mean what it comes down to is to sort of improves your ability to empathize with with anyone who isn't you um to empathize with everybody in different situations in situations that you just wouldn't understand you know we we talk about the you know people way back when people were still discovering new continents and the like and and uh people and europeans met the native americans and perceived them as barbarians and so and it's like if you if they had with higher quality stories that stops becoming your first impression when you meet someone new and different. Instead of instead of seeing them as barbarians, your first thought is, oh, well, why are they the way they are, and what is it that defines their culture versus our culture, you know? And it's the kind of thing, it's uh, I, I, not to be trumpeting a horn for tolerance or anything, but it's almost like it. with enough exposure to stories, you automatically start to take an approach to life or you can, or it can improve your ability to do so where your, your immediate response is to try to understand rather than to just leap to an assumption. Um, Right. And you know, it's, it's like speaker for the dead. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Which uh, regardless of your personal feelings about Orson Scott card as a person, uh, speaker for the dead is a fantastic book that is essentially about storytelling um, in a nonfiction sense. And, uh, I mean, not the, the story is fiction, clearly. Right. Um, it's a sci-fi story set in the future. But the whole point of uh, this, this person, the speaker for the dead, is that they go into somebody's life and kind of discover why they did what they did. Um, and when you do that, you almost realize, you know, you know I like to say no one's born evil. Um, very few infants, I say few because <laughs> it's possible, uh, you know, are, are born with the, I'm going to grow up and become a genocidal maniac. Right. Um, it's a, it's a, it's steps and, you know, and it's not all genocidal maniacs. It's, uh, you know, it's that guy, one guy at work who's just a complete jerk and you don't know how to work with him. Right. Um, and there are reasons why he is the way he is. And through stories, whether they be fiction or nonfiction, uh, you, 
you can learn to understand and you're right, empathize with other people. And, uh, you know, I, I think there is a line I would agree between empathizing with someone and tolerance because I think there are some things that are not tolerable. Right. Um, like the genocidal maniac. Yes, uh, I, I that would is agree not with that. tolerable. But I can understand uh, why he is the way he is. I, I may not, I don't agree with him. Right. <laughs> uh, I, and I think he's wrong. But uh, you, you can see the steps in their life that led them down that path. And you can think, huh. If I had been in that situation, it's possible I could have ended up that person too. And, and I think that's the thing to really important, and this applies a lot in real life, but it's really my ability to kind of take this approach to thinking comes from my love for stories is, you know, looking at, and even if they're really just, there's no question about it, it's, you know, firmly in my mind that the stuff that this person is doing is wrong, to be able to understand how they got there really can help to try and avoid those sorts of other people getting to the same point. You know, it's almost like being aware of it, being aware of what the critical moments in the person's life was or in the thought process was. It it can help you not be part of the problem that leads to that. You're going to make me want to talk about Thor again. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) And as our listeners may have figured out, I really love the movie Thor. Um, (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and, and that actually, you know what? We can use that as a segue to jump into the next part of this introductory episode of the podcast. Indeed. Um, because we want to give you all an idea of how, how the two of us think so you can decide if you really want to listen to more or not. And uh, Thor is a good way to get into it. Um, oh. It is basically what, how Mandy and I view subjectivity versus objectivity, and especially in terms of media and how we see that in terms of like quality versus enjoyment. Um, so, uh, yeah, Mandy, do you want to start off on that topic? Yeah, sure. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get into detail about Thor. We won't. But, but, but we can I do want to, as, as the... Uh, because I'm sure we're going to do a whole podcast on my love for the movie Thor eventually. Um, but looking at Thor, it's not going to win any awards. Uh, objectively, it is not a fantastic movie. Um, the character arcs don't make a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> Thor. <laughs> the man changes so much in three days. Really? Really? But um, there, there's a lot about that movie that is not good. But that movie has had a huge impact on my life. Um, I highly enjoy it. I watch it. Um, it's, it's a movie that I put on in the background when I'm doing anything. So I probably watch it, um, putting watch it in uh, quotations there, uh, <laughs> twice a week. <laughs> um, because it's my put on the background while I'm doing chores or working on uh, you know, a, a stupid document kind of thing. Um, so objectively... Not going to win awards. Not, not, not a very good movie. But subjectively, I love that movie. But what Michael's getting at here in this section we want to talk about is I am fully capable of tearing that movie apart, <laughs> of explaining to you almost scene for scene why it's a terrible movie and still enjoying it. And it does not affect how much I enjoy this movie. Nothing can affect how much I enjoy this movie. I don't know, short of someone being murdered while I'm watching it. <laughs> you know, like... And that is, that is something... I, so I want to step back just a tad because... Um, and just highlight a few words you used in that in that spiel there. Because um, there are things that friends of mine and friends of ours tend to latch onto when I try and approach this, so, this sort of 
discussion about a piece of media. So at one point, yeah, you did say, you know, objectively. And then in that process, you said the word good. And people are like, well, but... If you say good and bad, aren't you? Aren't those inherently subjective words? You know, no. And I don't really think so. I think, like, I think you and I agree that there are elements to how a story is presented that can make it really a really poorly presented story. But you can kind. Of, but that's completely and entirely separate from how. Uh, from how significant it can be to one person. Like, preference is the one truly subjective element of, of a, you know, absorbing, a, like, a story. So, no matter what, if I say I like something, that it, you know, unless I'm lying, that is true, you know? Like, that, that is, <laughs> but as long as, like, my own preference is in my own mind, it is entirely based on how, like, the appreciation I get out of something it has not really doesn't have anything to do with the thing itself. It has to do with what it means to me. Right. And that's entirely separate from the quality of the work. The, the quality of the work is the thing where you can, we can talk about then why things will tend to be to why something, why I'll tend to like certain things or tend to dislike certain things. And what that'll come down to is all the different elements of a movie or book or game or any other sort of story thing um, you could break down all the elements or even as a whole and see how well each thing works. And then it's a matter of how important those elements are to me in terms of how they, how well a piece of media can connect to me. But there are lots of things where I can sit there and look at the entire book and find that there may be only two things out of, if I tried to break down the book into fraction, which you can't really do this, but, but if I were to say like 85% of the book was not very good, but the 15% that was really good was so notable in my mind or notable at the time that I read it and was significant that I'm going to love that piece of, of work regardless. And there'll be some things where like some games, this happens a lot with video games because there's just so many different aspects to them where the, the mechanics are terrible and really, like, nearly unplayable. The visuals are bad. Um, but there's one specific element that that one game does, or one specific element that one movie does that is so... Like, it's so significant, and it might mean a lot to me, and I latch onto that and love the entire work because of it. And even if I go and talk to other people and know that they won't love the whole piece because of it, I think it's important that they should see, like, witness the whole work just to get that one aspect so that they can discuss it, you know? Right. And, I, I think um, comics is another good, really good example of that, right? Because yes. you'll have these story arcs that go across multiple issues and sometimes multiple trades, right? Like, right. And uh, for, for listeners' reference, a trade is generally a collection of, like, five or six or so uh, individual monthly issues of a comic, so for uh, right. convenience. So, yeah. And... There will be times where I'll be like, man, I hate the art in this issue. Like, they randomly changed artist, and it just annoys the crap out of me. Or there'll be one issue that's like a throw-in tie-in with something else that I absolutely do not care about. Um, But the overarching story or some aspect of the overarching story or one moment of characterization, you're like, wow, this entire story is worth it for that one pain. Right. You know? I, I think a great example of this, uh, and I'm not going to ruin it because Michael hasn't read it yet, is um, uh, the 
Kieran Gillen run of Journey into Mystery, which uh, did Kid Loki. Um, and uh, that, that was a recent run. I don't remember the issue numbers off the top of my head. But uh, there are issues in there I'm not particularly fond of. Uh, the Exiles tie-in, I, I could do without. Um, I don't tell people to skip it when they're reading it because there is like one critical piece in there that comes into effect later. Um, but man, the, that story as a whole uh, brought me to tears. Um, but there are certain issues I'm just not fond of. <laughs> so uh, just in case anybody's curious, because I did recently purchase that entire run of Journey Into Mystery because of Mandy's recommendation and a sale that was running on Comixology, I had my iPad in front of me, and those are issues 622 through 645. So I plan on getting to those at some point. And then Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it. (laughs) I'm sure we will. But uh, but that's uh, comics is actually an excellent medium for that because a lot of the time I will end up like slapping my forehead at some ridiculous thing that happens in a comic because it's just like come on guys like that yeah. that is just so low quality like why would you do that it's just ridiculous but it's like it's so cliche and stereotypical <laughs> well, oh man so we we need to talk about clichés at some point cuz I, I it, it bugs me that people like say the word like that's cliche as a negative but we can get to that later <laughs> um but there'll be things that like just absolutely convoluted and it really there's no significance to that event happening in a comic and it does hurt the comic, but it doesn't stop it from being significant because there's just so much good to the story. And and we'll get to this at some point in some future episode where sometimes that's just a matter of uh, like weaknesses of the different mediums. Like Sometimes it's almost like the medium you're in, while it, it enables you to do certain things, it is also a liability in other ways because you have to fill out you know an entire issue when all you want to do this week is one significant thing that really only takes one scene. Right. Or you you have to have a boss battle. Or you have to have a boss battle in a game, and, uh, and there are d- games that, that completely throws off, because the gameplay itself in a video game can be part of how you tell the story, and sometimes there's just kind of, it's almost like they have to check a box for how they have to produce a certain sort of thing, and it completely disrupts the story they're trying to tell. Um, and that's a very significant sort of... That, that's definitely a conversation to have later is the strengths and weaknesses and sort of the handicaps of different mediums. Um, but yeah, I, we are definitely both in agreement that you can love things that are really just not good. And you can, uh, there are definitely works where I can recognize them and think that those are amazing feats of storytelling, but I do not like them and will not like them because the type of story they are is just something that while I can appreciate that there is value in those stories existing, I'm never going to enjoy them. Yeah, um, like Jane Austen. Oh, wait, that's uh, just me. That is just you. <laughs> I, how many podcasts about stories are there where the male will be the one who appreciates Jane Austen and the female doesn't? Um, uh, this is probably the only one in existence. <laughs> that's probably true. Probably true. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's it, it's definitely that kind of thing. I, I mean, a really good example is horror movies it really doesn't matter how good a horror movie is. And there are some classics. I can't enjoy them. I like Michael, you're breaking my heart. I I, I can't do it. I know I've managed to at least get a little bit into horror on comics because that doesn't do things to my mind that, uh, that movies do, but it's just that experience of being scared, just not a thing I can appreciate. Like I I can appreciate how I, or I don't want to experience it. So, 
Um, yeah. That, that, there's this might be yet another there. podcast where the girl is a fan of horror movies and the guy is not. Yes, that is, <laughs> there are many things that will that will happen like that where we are <laughs> the reverse of n- so-called normal gender roles. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that is, I think, a good introduction to how we want to approach things on this show. Uh, we will try and find a an overarching topic to discuss each week um and we will and then we'll just move from there and so hopefully if you guys like this you'll check in for our next episode and soon we'll hopefully be putting these up weekly so uh yeah please chime in for a future episode we hope to keep this running